where is it? Are you truly serving God the way that you would love to serve God? Are you happy with the relationship that you have with Him? It is not about... Now we say that leadership sometimes is not, is not about a title. It is nothing to do with what we call you. You can take such initiatives as an individual and do things that will say that you are matured enough as a Christian. You are, you are, you are very, um, you know, um, very much aware of what your responsibilities are in the house of God. You are no longer a babe in Christ. You are no longer looking to be fed milk. You have grown. You have come of age. You can take solid food yourself. No wonder Paul said that when he was a child, he would think as a child. He would act as a child. He will speak as a child. He will behave as such. But when he became a man, he put away childish things. So you, you, you need to make a conscious decision to put away childish things and be a man or a woman who has come of age, who's grown, who has matured, who knows what he wants, who has a desire, plans, who has a, who understands his or her purpose in Christ, who has a vision that you know that it can only be realized when you're serving God. It is that important. God is not after your qualifications. He is not after your money. We can talk to you about first fruit. We can talk to you about giving. We can talk to you about offerings. That is what the scriptures say. But even, even with that, it is not because God is in need that you must give to God. Your giving doesn't make God who he is. He's already God. An omnipresent, omnisense, and omnipotent God. Who wants you blessed more than anything. His wisdom is infinite. There is not a part of you that he doesn't know, that he doesn't understand. So if anything, even your giving, as you always hear, it is for your blessing. It is for your good. It is, it is to benefit you. It is a wise thing to do. So God is not after your money. He is not after your qualifications. He is not after your talents or your gifts. 
He gave them to you anyway. But when you come to church, you're not here to demonstrate that you can sing better than everybody else. You're not here to demonstrate that you are the best uh, keyboardist or guitar player or, 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 or drumist or, or, or you, you know sound more than anybody else. We can do without all those things. There was church back in the days. And we will still worship God without any instruments. We may not have grown in the same churches, all of us. But I know that where I've grown, there used to be church. And there was never any instrument. But we will sing. We will dance. We will worship. We will celebrate. We will rejoice. We will enjoy. We will enjoy ourselves in the presence of God. In our own way. So you need to be very careful that you do not miss the real deal of your being here. You do not miss the very thing that you are looking for from God, your Zion, by just focusing on the wrong things. It is very important for us to understand why we're here. Church is an institution of God. It is a place where we are fed spiritually. We come together as a unit, as a body, and together we make the body of Christ ourselves. It ought to be treated as such with that respect and dignity. And there must always be order in the house of God. The Holy Spirit will not stay where there is no order. He's not the author of confusion. It be that serious. You do not come here carrying whatever problems or issues that have nothing to do with what is happening here and suddenly it be everybody else's problem or it creates such a disharmony or disunity. I do not take it for granted. That we he, God has given us this opportunity to serve him. We need to serve him loyally, faithfully, with that singleness of the heart, and be sincere and be very genuine as arms. It is very important. And I believe that is what is going to help us to be able to, to move forward together. Understand why you're here. 
And if you are assigned one responsibility of the army and you feel that you are not ready for it, it is not a sin to say that I am not ready or I don't want to do it. Rather that than doing it or pretending that you are ready for it and do it complaining and, and murmuring every day. It is not going to help you as a person. It will not help you to grow. You will deny yourself such an opportunity to get to participate and receive something special from God. So, take your work very seriously and um, the work, the relationship that you have with God seriously as well. And uh, do take us seriously as well. The least you can do is to afford us some level of respect and uh, be able to make yourself, subject yourself to authority, to training teaching and exhortation. Allow yourself to be corrected when there's still time. Because uh, there comes a time when uh, that opportunity is, is no more there. It is no more there. You will have nobody to blame but yourself. It is very important when you hear about humility you must make it a personal thing it is wisdom to have such humility to be humble it's wisdom to humble yourself so don't listen to it as if it is talking to some person you know that's a mistake that we make sometimes that when we're listening to the word of God, we're listening it for others and not for our own son. We don't want it to, we, we, we pretend as if we are perfect and we don't need it somehow. No, don't listen it. Don't listen to it for somebody else. Listen to it for yourself first and stop being stubborn and being rebellious. Or having such pride that will end up destroying your, your life for that matter. Bible even says that, you know, God resists the, the proud and gives more grace to the humble. He enables them. 
So, truth be told, if you want to just carry on with the pride, God will even able you. You may try to rise and try and come out and you, you, you're fighting hard. He, he enables you. He, he's not, he, he doesn't want you anywhere near him for that matter. He's that serious. It's very dangerous. Because simply when you have such pride, you can't listen to nobody. You cannot hear anything that anyone will tell you. You're not going to correct your son when you are given such instructions to correct your son. You just create this barrier that not even God can say anything that will get that will get into your ears, that will that will sink into your spirit. That is how dangerous it is. So, be very careful. Be very, very careful what you do, how you carry yourself, and the manner in which you go about your life. The very things that you say, It doesn't matter who's listening. But God is listening. He hears. Even before we speak, thoughts that are in your heart, He knows. He knows where your heart is. He knows. What are your motives? He's the one he designs the intents and purposes of our hearts. He knows what is making you to do the things that you do. What is your real motives? No wonder sometimes you find people are so pray prayerful, yet nothing seems to be changing. Or there seems to just be no progress. What is in the heart? What is, what is the condition of your spirit? What is really in your heart? Because that is what God sees. What is, what is the real motive of you doing the things that you do? What is in your heart? Ask yourself that question. What is in your heart? What is the condition of your spirit like? How much of God there is in what you are, in what you're thinking? The very thoughts that you have. Paul said in Second. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with the excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. 
He says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Christ and Him crucified. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is what is important. That is what brought us here. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is, a, that is a relationship that you and I have. It's Christ. That is the only relationship that we have. It's Christ. And that is what what matters. That is what is important. That is what we need to be focusing on. That is what is more important. It must take precedence over anything else. Your attitudes, your personalities, your, your behavior, your conduct, your misdemeanors and whatever else that you may be doing. It's not... It's not something that must be brought into the church. Let it stay there where it belongs. Keep it there where it belongs. It's very important to understand such. The relationship that we have is Christ. If it wasn't for Christ, I wouldn't know any of you. I wouldn't know any of you. It is only because of Christ and Him crucified that our paths have crossed and it's for a reason. So that is what we need to focus on and be able to sustain this relationship through Christ himself. Now other things, truly speaking, they are not relevant. They are not important. If I choose to help you with one thing or the other, it's a personal decision. If I don't, you don't have to blame me for it. It's not what I'm here for. I'm not your financial advisor, I'm not your lawyer, I'm not your banker, I'm not your, you know, I'm not your employer. I'm just, I'm just, I just happen to be the one looking after the flock. That's all. So let, let, let us, let us understand each other at that level and and, and relate to each other um, as such. Because that is what I believe we are here for. He says, I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. If, if it is human wisdom that you are after, 
you won't find it here. You are at the wrong place. Because there's no teaching that I'll give you that is inspired by, by human wisdom. What I can give you is the word of God as is. That is what I believe will help you to acquire the wisdom of God. That much I can tell you now. Boldly so. That my speech and my preaching will never be with persuasive words of human wisdom. I'll tell you what the word of God says. What I believe God wants for your land. You either accept or reject it, but it's a personal decision. If it doesn't sound sweet or good enough in the ear, and to you that is good enough not to accept it, so be it. It's a personal choice that you're making. Doesn't matter how much I preach or scream or pray or fast. It is not going to change you if you're not ready to change. It's change that is, that is necessary. It's important. Change. Change. Change your heart. Change your attitude. Change your behavior. Change your thinking. Change the way in which you relate to God and how you relate to others. Change is important. It's the only constant in life. Whether or not you like it, change will happen. It may just be that sometimes it's a change that you're not ready for yourself. And when it happens, you may not be happy. But there will be change. It is important when you're hearing the word of God to allow yourself to change. Change certain patterns, habits, behavior, conduct. Now, how many times does a man have to hear that he must stay away from drugs before he, he stops taking drugs? Even if Jesus Christ was to come down and stand in front of that man and tell him face to face, if he's not ready, he won't change. That is just the honest truth. You have the Bible that you, you believe in, that you read every day. That is where the wisdom of God is. But that wisdom ought to help you become a better person. To change. You cannot allow yourself to be taught every day without wanting to change. Without allowing yourself to change. It is not what is desired. It is not what is. It's not good for anybody. Always learning and never come to the knowledge of the truth. No wonder sometimes some people, all they have is one qualification after the other. That is human knowledge. It's no wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge is, is not the same. In as much as knowledge is a prerequisite for wisdom. But the real wisdom of God says that when you have learned certain things, you allow yourself to be transformed.
to change and practice what you have learned and be able to see such excellent results. That is, that is how I define wisdom. It is when you yourself pray to God concerning something and after you have prayed to God you are able to receive the accurate knowledge and understanding of the word of God. And when you have received such, you'll be able to plan better. You'll be able to prepare. And it doesn't end by you planning. You go ahead and implement the plans that God has given you at the right time and be able to experience the truth of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in your personal life. That is what wisdom is. Pray for something in advance. Receive such a revelation. Be able to plan. Prepare yourself. And go ahead and act as such. And receive that which you would have looked forward to from God. So, says he, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive way of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I talked to you on Wednesday about demonstrating the power of God. In verse 5 he says, so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. That is what I believe is going to help you to become a better man or a better woman. It will help you to experience God at a different level. It will help you to build such a successful life, a prosperous life for that matter. So, make up your mind. What is it that you really want? And uh, be honest with your son in doing the very things that will help you to achieve the very things that you're looking for, your son. Be disciplined enough. Be disciplined enough to do the very small things consistently enough that until such time that you see that change. I was going to talk to you about wise living. So the things that you had must help you to make such wise decisions. Truth is that most people go through their lives without praying, planning, or let alone even preparing for anything. But they're always hoping, but never being quite certain of anything.
They are hoping for something, but they are not really certain. What is it that they are hoping for? But they are hoping for something. End result is that they always secretly afraid that they will miss the way or they will fail. They end up being afraid of failure. Even without knowing what is it that they think they will fail or, or what is it that they will, what, that will fail them. Or what is it that they've done to not to fail. They are afraid of failure but there is no efforts to prepare not to fail. And that is not what you want. It is very tragic and it never gives rest to their heart. That person will never be at rest. There is a better way to live your life. And that is wise living. It is a better way to live your life. It is to reject or deny your own wisdom and take instead the infinite wisdom of God. You want to live wisely. Reject your own wisdom. Do not be wise in your own opinion. You must deny your own wisdom and take instead the infinite wisdom of God. Because after all, he's already charged himself with the full responsibility for our eternal happiness. He stands ready to take over the management of your life the moment you turn to him in faith. He stands ready to be in charge. The very moment that you, your son, turn to him in faith. That is what I believe will help you. I want to commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you such an inheritance in Christ Jesus. That is the word of God that will always build you up. In simple terms, wisdom is knowing the greatest goal in any situation and the best way to achieve that goal. Wisdom is knowing the greatest goal in any situation and the best way to achieve it, Yozan. It always sees the bigger picture. What is the master plan? What is the bigger picture? What is it that God wants me to see in this situation. You, you always see beyond just the immediate surroundings or the immediate needs and challenges. It goes far beyond that. As I was saying to you, it is different from knowledge because people can have knowledge without wisdom. Man's wisdom is not the wisdom of God. There are so many people who pretend to know things, yet they are not as wise in going about their lives or doing the things that they are doing themselves. But you cannot have such wisdom without knowledge, the knowledge of the Word of God. You need to study the Word of God to acquire knowledge, to be able to have such, to, to, to get the wisdom of God. You need that knowledge. You need to give yourself time. 
to understand certain things so that you can be able to use it in a manner that will make you to be more wiser. Be able to make wise decisions. It is the decisions that are based on what God says, or what the Word of God says concerning that very um, situation or the, the issue at hand. You always want to, when you're confronted with such an opportunity, to make a decision, because at any given time in our personal lives, there will always be an opportunity to make a choice. Choose wise. Choose wisely. Choose God ahead of anything else. Be wise. It is, it is wisdom to choose right. It is wisdom. You wouldn't have just said, I've put before you life and death, therefore choose life. He, he wants you to choose life. He wants you to enjoy life. He, he wants you to lead such an exemplary life. A life that is a model of who Christ is. Be able to choose right. And you can only do so if at any given time when you are confronted with such an opportunity to make a decision concerning anything, anything that is to do with your life. You, you want to seek his counsel. Talk to God before anybody else. That is the wisdom of God that will enable you to transform the things that God is doing in the spiritual realm to something tangible in your personal life today. You need that wisdom because it, it is not more about you knowing the word of God as opposed to knowing what the word of God can do for you. You know, there are people who are good just reciting scriptures and quoting them. They sound nice. But not once that they've used it in their life to be able to change something or bring about something that good. Sometimes it is better just to experience something once in your life than saying it a hundred times. Saying it a hundred times may not make a difference as opposed to you just having experienced it once. That's a huge difference. When you've gotten to just experience the truth of the word of God for yourself in this particular area in your life, and you, you now have a testimony that you can be able to share with um, everybody else. You're now speaking the oracles of God. You're now able to share his thoughts, his plans, and what his will is concerning mankind. You are able to receive such insight and foresight. That is wisdom. Wisdom helps you to see the next three years 
from now and begin to plan for it. It helps you to see the future from now and prepare for it. Life mustn't always be a surprise. Things mustn't always just happen by themselves, not for a Christian. A Christian is somebody who takes the word of God and be able to apply it in their lives and derive the right results. Take charge of their lives. Be able to take charge of their own lives. Be able to use the word of God to direct your decisions and your plans. You can, you can be able to do so yourself. That is what you need to learn to do and be consistent in doing in your life. As I was saying to you, wisdom is the ability to pray. The ability to pray. You know, there are people who can pray. So don't, don't think that when you say to people, let's pray, and they're not praying. It's only that they are, they are not praying here. Somehow, they can't pray. Somehow, they don't want to pray. What is prayer after all? What is prayer? It's just, it's just a medium of communication with God. You don't need to have problems to pray to God. You don't need to be going through challenges to pray to God. You want to just pray to God. Even when everything is going well, that is the time you need to be praying the most because that is when you're most vulnerable as well. And if at the time when God has given you such a blessing, you now suddenly decide there is no more need to pray. That is a terrible mistake. Because everything and anything that God has given you by His Spirit, the only way to sustain it is with the, with the prayer, with the prayers that you're praying, with the very word of God that you're hearing. You, 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 that's the only means you have to sustain your life. Whatever it is that God has blessed you with, what He has done in your personal life, Wisdom says that I must pray to God to sustain what God has blessed me with. That is wisdom. Wisdom says that I need to stay in the house of God. I need to stay in the presence of God for me to remain connected to the source of my wealth, the source of every blessing that I've received so that I do not find myself being disconnected from the source. Because that is where you find that now things now just begin to go wrong. Because you have disconnected yourself to the source. If you understand that God is the only true source, you do everything to stay connected to Him. Just that one revelation, that just, just letting that, that sink in your spirit. That is the only true source. Be the source of health, 
be the source of wealth, be the source of wealth, the source of prosperity, the source of money, the marriage, everything, literally everything that you can possibly think of. He is a God of everything. Let him be the one who you focus on, you direct your attention on. It is wisdom. It will help you. It is the worst thing to do. It doesn't matter who has upset you, who has made you angry or anything. You, you stay connected to him. You stay in his presence. You, you want to just acknowledge his presence every single day. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Let him be God in your life. Let him help you. And God even, he even makes such a, a bold, you know, a, 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 a call to say, if only you can let me help you. If, you, if only you can obey then I'll make you rich. If only you can let him help you. Only allow him to help you. Allow God to help you. That's all he wants to do. He can't be helping you and collecting or taking away what he has blessed you with and you're left with nothing. That is not who God is. So allow God to help you. What does it take to allow somebody to help you? If anyone was walking to you in the street and say, my sister, can I help you? Even if it's a guy who doesn't look like he can help you, suddenly you fall for it. It looks like he can help you. Oh, you know, me, I can do anything and everything for you. Makes all manner of promises. And it sounds right. And before you know, you're believing in whatever he says. And it's only just a mere man. How about God himself? Wisdom is the ability to pray. That ability to pray. Receive accurate knowledge and understanding of the word of God. Plan in advance. Be able to implement those plans at the appropriate time. Wisdom helps you to know God's timing as well. So that whatever it is that you do, it prospers. When you do it with God's wisdom, every time when God has appointed for you to do it, it will prosper. It will, it will bring forth the right results. And then you will live to tell your story, your sound. You will experience the truth of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in your personal life. And I so much believe that when you learn to do so, there will be growth. There will be, be growth. There will be, be continuous improvement. There will be progress. Look at what the Bible says in Luke 2.52. The Bible says Jesus Jesus increased in wisdom. Jesus he increased in wisdom. So when I want wisdom you think you have acquired that you do not think you need to increase or to grow in it. Jesus himself, the Bible says he increased in wisdom and stature. 
and in favor with God and man. You need to strive for such. Make it a, a, a personal, a personal, a, a conscious decision that I want to, I desire to increase in wisdom. I desire to change. I desire to make such progress. I, you desire it yourself. It is, it, is, it is a wise thing to do. You ought to be mindful of such. It will help you to do far beyond just what you think you're able to do now. Desire such. I want to, I want to increase in knowledge. I want to increase. I want to grow in understanding. I want to grow in wisdom. Because that is the wisdom that will bring about the wealth that you're looking for. Why would the Bible say that wisdom is a defense as money is a defense? You need such, Yosem. It will help you. It is for your own good. Lastly, let me read you Psalm 133. It's only three verses. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It pleases God. It is good in the sight of God. God is happy when there's unity among us and God is happy. It pleases God. That is the one thing that wisdom teaches you. That you strive for unity. You become that center of attraction for everybody. You are always mindful of his presence in making whatever decisions that you have to make. You get to be part of an argument. You all, you, you, first and foremost, you want to ask God, is, is there the righteousness of God in this? What can I do to bring about his, his, his righteousness? What, what can I do? To be able to bring about such a change that is positive, and in the end, there's unity. Because for as long as that is non-existent, you can, you can imagine how much, how much we can be able to do if we were all in unity. If there was that, if there was that oneness among ourselves. And we are of one purpose, of one heart. We are in one accord. That is what the Bible always say about the disciples. Praying together in one accord. That makes such a huge difference. That is something that you need to foster. You need to, you need to desire to bring about. That 
there should never be a point where after you have made such a decision or given counsel, now suddenly there is disunity or the next person feels that they have been, they are now grieved or they, they are not, um, you know, they are not hanged. It is not desired, it's not desirable. So we need to be wise, even in making such important decisions as that. He says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is his desire. It is God's desire that we live in unity. We continuously walk in love. We are faith, hope, and love for that matter. And you ask, how many of you are a testimony to that? That you know that this is who we are. The Bible says these three abound, but the greatest of them all is love. Love conquers all. Everything else will be, it becomes a secondary issue. If there is love, Mangazans, there is, you won't even see who's poor, who has, who doesn't have. You won't even get to be worried about there are some among you who don't, have, who don't even have food to eat. Because when you love, you share. When you love, you care. When you love, you give. When you love, you're, you're always looking. You, you always, you see the best in everybody. You want to bring the best in everybody. You want to just help somebody. You, you care more about others than even yourself. You look up to each other and others' needs. You bless. Some people can't even pray a blessing to the next person. Yet they are, yet they are, they are, they are, they are serving together. But in the entire year, 12 months, 52 weeks, 366 days, not once that they kneel down to speak a blessing on somebody else's life. And you say you love that person. That is not what is desired. You know, love is sincere. It ought to be something that flows from within your heart. Not always having to keep um, records of, of all evil and all the, the negative things. You don't want to rejoice when somebody is going through such difficulties. You don't celebrate even your enemy when he falls. If anything, even those who curse you, you bless them. Bless even those who curse you. You bless them. It's your responsibility. It's wisdom. It will help you to grow. It says here in verse number two, it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Ammon were falling on Mount Zion. For then the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. 
it is as if the dew of Hermon, of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For then the Lord bestows his blessing. Where there is such unity, the Lord bestows his blessing. Even life forevermore. Blessings will just be as due. Something that you don't even have to, to struggle to, 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 to experience or to connect with. That is how much, you know, there will be such great outpouring of the anointing of the Spirit of God. The special grace working, manifesting in your lives. When you walk in love, when there is unity among ourselves, there is so much that God can do, even for you personally. It is my prayer that you walk in unity. You stand together in unity. You walk in love every single day. Continuously walk in the newness of life. You will continue to draw from one another. That fellowship that you have with the Holy Spirit will bring about such an improvement and a change in your personal life. I pray that God will give you such wisdom, be able to discern, to do good, that which is right. He will help you with faith through his will, to be able to continue doing things that God has called you to do, so that you bring forth such excellent results in everything that you are doing. I pray that God will grant you your petitions and the desires of your hearts. The prayers that you have been praying up to this, this time. God has answered each and every one of them. God will grant you your petitions. The desires of your heart will be established unto you. Desires of your heart will be established unto you. You'll be fruitful and productive in every good work. The work of your hands is already sanctified. He says there's an excellent spirit that is at work in your land. There's a special anointing that is present for you here today to be able to continue doing good, to be able to do great and extraordinary things. Miracles shall be wrought with your own hands. Continue being diligent in all that you do. You do excellent things excellently well. You do excellent things excellently well. You'll be like that city that is located at the top of the hill that cannot be hidden. You let your light so shine before men that they're able to see your good works and continue glorifying the Father which is in heaven. You continue to speak the oracles of God. Continue to speak the oracles of God. Bring, up, bring about such extraordinary results under such ordinary circumstances in everything that you do. You shall rise like an edifice. The little one is growing to a thousand, a small one, a great nation. No matter how little that you think you have, at this very time, God will breathe upon it. It will multiply and it will increase because there is that spirit of increase and multiplication 
that is at work in your land. The Mimshak anointing is at work in your land. That everything that you touch, it shall multiply. It shall multiply. It will increase. It will bring forth such harvest in your personal land. As he said to us, that until the seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a seed. But if it does, it brings forth much fruits. You always be fruitful and productive in every good work, in everything that you do. For it is God, it is God who gives you power to get work. He is the one who teaches you how to make profit in your own business. Continue being as profitable in everything that you purpose to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, and thank you, Holy Spirit God. Thank you for blessing your children. Thank you, Father God, for releasing such special anointing and the special grace. Thank you, Father God, for indeed they are favored everywhere they go. In the mighty name of Jesus, those opportunities will open up for them everywhere they go in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that they always be led and directed by your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you.